Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! It's not so much the heat... It's the humidity that just smothers you. That's the problem we're having right now. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Jerry Lopez filling in for Big Nige. You can find him on social media at Indie Spanglish. Can I be the prototypical Midwestern guy that just looks at you, Jerry, and asks, is it cold enough for you? Oh, it's freezing outside. Cold cold is an under... When when you're outside and it hurts your hands, that's a different kind of cold. It's burger freezing cold. Like, if you walk outside and you've got anything at all in your nose, it's going to harden up to like a rock in there, man. And look, I get it. Because I'm already waiting on the tweets and the YouTube comments to come in. Well, it's been colder before. Rabble, rabble. You've lived in Indianapolis your whole life. Rabble, rabble. I know, but you can't tell me that this is comfortable outside. This stinks. Oh, it's not comfortable for you. Imagine, imagine, uh, I walked one block holding a big gulp in my hand (laughs) and had to switch hands multiple times. And the wind's not even really blowing. Big gulps, huh? All right. Um, I will say this. And you and I were talking about this uh, in the back before the show started today. I will be the first one to rip the city of Indianapolis when the roads are a disaster. I think they've been pretty good. I think the city of Indianapolis has done a fairly good job at cleaning up the roads. I know side roads are always a little uh, iffy, but the main roads, main streets, interstates, highways, I had very little expectation, especially considering this is a mayor that has already won re-election, so screw it. <laughs> you know Why would he care now? But I think the road's been pretty good. So I sent a little group. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I had to take my daughter to the airport. We had to leave at 6.30 in the morning on Saturday. So it was right after the red, white, and bowl event, kind of. And we were really worried about the freezing temperatures overnight and how much water was going to be on the ground. And, and I was really worried about the roads. And I sent a text to the group chat and said, kudos to NDOT because the, the highways were beautiful. Yeah. And I think it's been that way for the most part all weekend. There have been different... Little pockets of snow, a squall or two. Uh, But for the most part, I think things have been okay. Now, as for power, seems like that also has been okay. You know there's going to be some power outages when you get winds like we had overnight Friday and extreme, extreme cold. For the most part, I think the power grid, AES, and those folks have done a pretty good job as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. I, it, 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 did they do a good job? I mean, obviously, they did a good job, but we do this every time there's a storm. Every time there's a storm, we go, oh, no, it's going to be a thousand times worse than what we think it's going to be. And I think we just luck out. Either we luck out every single time, but this time, definitely kudos to the city workers and everybody else that kept the roads clean, that kept the power on. For the most part, they did a very good job, and, and the city got lucky. I thought, because of what happened during the summertime with the power, where somebody sneezed and everybody lost power for like three or four days, um, this had the potential to be pretty bad. Because this is the kind of cold weather where people die out in it, 
right? Like, if you would have lost your power, and a lot of us did, for multiple days in the summer when that big gust of wind came in, worst case scenario, you had to camp outside in your yard. You were going to make it. There's no surviving this stuff out here. And so far, again, I know everybody's probably going to have an opinion, but it seems like as a whole, things have been going all right. Uh, Big night tonight. We are off and running. The race for 2024 gets the green flag tonight. The Iowa caucus. And again, as bad as the weather is here, Jerry, it's worse in Iowa. <laughs> They're saying negative 45 degrees wind chill. Negative 40 to 45 wind chill. Now, I always try to accent wind chill because I see so many people going on social media calling it the windshield. <laughs> I can't believe the windshield is minus 40. Yeah, I can't either. Uh, neither here nor there. It feels like because the weather is such a factor tonight. No matter what happens, everybody's got a built-in excuse, don't they? Well, definitely, definitely. And so, so the last poll coming on, I, and I want to see how these numbers come out tomorrow after all is said and done, but Trump polling at 50, Haley at 20, DeSantis at 16, Vivek below 10. So right now, it looks like Trump has a 30-point margin. The highest margin ever on record for a Republican during the Iowa caucus is 13%. If he comes out around, let's call it 30%. Is that a loss for him? Is that a win for Haley? Or is that a, it was just too cold, so nobody went outside? Everybody's going to make that argument, right? So if you're Donald Trump and you get 51% or more, that means you're going to hear excuses from Haley, DeSantis, Ramaswamy. Well, it's too dangerous. You know, our people stayed home. We're going to try to do this again in New Hampshire. And it's the same the other way around. Heaven forbid Haley, DeSantis, or Ramaswamy do better than anticipated. Donald Trump's going to say that his people stayed home. It's a built-in excuse for whoever does not do well tonight. Um, One of the storylines that I kind of want to see is what happens with Nikki Haley. Because she's been getting support from, let's just say, non-conservative backers. you got people like Mark Cuban taking to social media saying, hey, if you're undecided, you know, hit your wagon to Nikki Haley. Paraphrasing there. And according to a new poll, almost half of Nikki Haley's supporters say they would vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump. That's a new poll that came out from Iowa. So I'm curious to see what she does tonight. But what does that say about Nikki Haley? Right? Like, that would be the first thing that I would take from that poll, is that your your supporters... Look, if Donald Trump doesn't win, I still want all of his supporters to vote for Nikki Haley if she's the candidate. I want to win. Or DeSantis if he's a candidate. Or Vivek if he's a candidate. We, we want to win this race. This is huge. So for somebody to come out and say over half my people would vote the other way. I I don't know how conservative you you are, how conservative your beliefs really are, and that would really make me shy away from them. And again, this is why the Republicans lose a lot. They trip over their own cranks, so to speak. You've got a vulnerable vegetable that is sitting in the White House right now. You know, he shakes hands with the air. He can't walk downstairs. But yet, the infighting that's happening on the other side, they're going to cannibalize each other. So they did the top three uh, GOP candidates right now. Trump, Haley, and DeSantis. This is from the Hill. How would their vote, how would the, the vote go if this person 
person was uh, the candidate. So Trump, 50-48. Haley, 53-43. DeSantis, 51-48. I don't care if it's by one. Just win, baby, win. Just win, baby. Channeling Al Davis. Um, Tonight, Vivek Ramaswamy, if he gets his doors blown completely off, Jerry, is this it? Is this the last stand for Ramaswamy tonight? I mean, I think he expects. I don't want to say get the doors blown off because we said he's pulling under ten percent. So him pulling at ele- him pulling eleven percent would be a huge win for him. That's still getting your doors blown off in the big picture, right? Right. I think he's looking ahead. I think he's looking ahead. So to you don't think anybody's going to drop out tonight? Not if a it's chance. a complete no. D- Donald Trump blowout. Not tonight. Again, that built-in excuse is there with the weather. Uh, Wind chill, minus 40 expected for parts of Iowa tonight. Now, somebody that does believe in Vivek Ramaswamy, at least to the point of doing better than what people think, is Elon Musk. Elon Musk has been doing interviews and putting things out on Twitter X saying that he expects Ramaswamy to do a lot better than what people think. Now, that's an interesting caveat because what do people think? He's not going to do anything. They think 5%, so like you said, if he gets the 10 or 11, holy crap, he exceeded expectations. Here's Ramaswamy earlier today. He spoke to Fox News about Elon Musk saying he's going to do better than people think. I think he's a smart guy, and look, we'll see what happens tonight. But one of the things is I think the polls are dramatically off. Many of our supporters are first-time caucus goers, people who may have come from younger generations, people who may have been libertarian-leaning but haven't traditionally been polled in Republican caucuses. And I think a lot of our supporters, we don't have lukewarm supporters. We have have diehard supporters, and I think that's what's going to be rewarded tonight as well. Ramaswamy appearing on Fox and Friends. We'll see how diehard they are. Negative 45 degrees. Let's see how diehard they are. Right. If you're going out in those temperatures to caucus for Vivek Ramaswamy, you are indeed a diehard. Uh, But again, a lot of storylines tonight. I think the weather is the biggest. Will it affect the size and the turnout of the uh, caucus in Iowa? And just in time. For all the activities tonight, Hammer and Nigel Pharmaceuticals, we've got a little something if you're concerned about the size of the caucus tonight. Having a small caucus can be quite humiliating, especially when your caucus is displayed on national TV. Now there's help with Caucus Enlarger. Caucus Enlarger explains in detail how to increase the number of precincts in your state and expand the population. This way, you can increase the size of your caucus dramatically. Soon, you'll have a caucus you can be proud of. Increase the size of your caucus with Caucus Enlarger because it's the size of your caucus that counts. You know, I don't appreciate looking around the room and having Jerry and Allison both shaking their heads at me. You guys, it's caucus, right? We said the word properly. There's nothing wrong with that. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. This will be one of the most memorable nights in Detroit football for that 89-year-old and the 62,000 others here. One more knee and business is done. 
And Detroit, for the first time in 32 years, your Lions have won a playoff game. How about it? Man, it was a rocking atmosphere in Detroit last night. With my Colts being out of it, you know, I'm trying to find some rooting interest in these games. You know, aside from the teams that I'm betting on, um, Detroit seems like it's who a lot of people would like to see do well, just because they've been such a poverty franchise for so long. And last night, in front of a sold-out, rowdy crowd, the Lions, for the first time since 1991, Jerry, won a playoff game. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing, and I think that you know all of us, unless you're in the NFC North, you probably are rooting for them. You know, they're they're exciting team. They're young, they're they're good to watch. But on the flip side, so I'm a Yankee fan for baseball, and and now I know how people feel watching that Dallas Cowboys game. I don't <laughs> care about Dallas, but I wanted them to get beat so bad. You know what? Republicans, Democrats, all came together yesterday to crap all over the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> after they laid an egg against the Packers. Uh, and here's the other thing with the Lions. Let's just say they win the whole thing, right? The stars are aligned. They win. I think we all want to see what happens to the city of Detroit because oh. there's no way it's going to survive. Well. They are going to burn that city to the ground if the Lions somehow win the whole thing here. Uh, and now with the Lions off the schneid, they are no longer at the top of the list for longest droughts in professional sports between winning a playoff round. So the Lions won a playoff game and they advance to the next round. That's the first time that's happened since 1991. Now, sitting atop the list, the Cincinnati Reds. Since 1995, the Cincinnati Reds have not advanced in a playoff round. This is just win one playoff game. Uh, a series. Yeah. So in baseball, okay, advance. baseball, it would be a series. Gotcha. So whatever advances you. Football, it's a game. Um in the NBA, you know, it's a series. series. Yeah. So the Reds are now atop of the list. Oof. Not since 1995 have they advanced to the next round of the playoffs. The Dolphins are second on that list since 2000. Kind of got hosed. I don't know about you guys, but I had a good time on Saturday night putting on a warm hoodie, having some cold beer next to me. I got the fireplace going, watching these people freeze out in Kansas City. It, it was so cold that even my mom called me to find the game just because she wanted to see how cold it was. And you had people out there shirtless. Like, you knew you would see some of them. I think there needs to be some sort of follow-up on how they felt the next day. Oh, yeah. Because I'm willing to bet those shirtless drunk guys outside in Kansas City on Saturday night probably felt like Nigel on Saturday morning after our bowling <laughs> event. <laughs> Which, by the way, Jerry, thank you for coming out to. Uh, you showed up to our Red, White, and Bowl event uh, up at Woodland Bowl, presented by Jack Daniels. You came by, uh, the gun guy 
came by. Kenneth. Tony Kenneth came by. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a blast for a great cause. You know, it really means a lot to me to see the work you guys do for the vets. Um, but yeah, it was it was a super time. First time ever going to an event like that. You guys had a lot of support. Great sponsors. Awesome The live people. show was awesome. And that was before the event. Yeah, so man. It, was, it was literally like a whole afternoon of just fun times. We were like Bills fans. We were tailgating before yeah. the event. And the tailgate just happened to be the radio show. So thank you to everybody who uh, came out and raised a lot of money for great causes on Friday. And oh, by the way, we got playoff football games today. So we've got the frigid cold game in Buffalo, the game that was supposed to be yesterday, but Kathy Hochul hates fun and decided to postpone it for a day. Buffalo hosting the Steelers, and then tonight the Buccaneers are hosting the Eagles. And tomorrow, I know we're all into football playoffs right now, but it's a pretty big basketball game tomorrow that you can hear right here at 93 WIBC, the first Purdue-IU game of the year. Now, this game is only televised on Peacock. So if you're one of those people that did not get Peacock to watch the Chiefs and Dolphins game, I got bad news for you. It's the only place you're going to find it on television. So how about you just turn the radio up, listen to Don Fisher on the call, listen to John Herrick do the pregame show, and just enjoy it here at 93 WIBC. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. It is officially on like Donkey Kong. The race for the White House begins tonight. The Iowa caucus. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. I'm Jason Hammer. Jerry Lopez filling in for Big Nige. And let's go to the hotline right now and bring on RNC national spokeswoman Madison Jeziato Gilbert. Madison, are you in Iowa? Are you there? I am in Ohio today, so okay. not far, but I'm not in Iowa. Okay, so we keep hearing about these awful conditions in Iowa, wind chill expected in some spots to be like minus 40 or maybe even worse tonight. Is turnouts a concern for the RNC? Well, they say it's going to be the coldest on record, potentially. So it will be a cold one. But many Iowans are very used to this. I mean, you may see a couple of people that don't get to turn out. But I anticipate, and from what we've seen on the ground, uh, still a pretty good turnout. And a lot of people are very energized. And I really think it speaks to how much is at stake this year, how fired up Iowans and Americans, quite frankly, are about this election. They're passionate about the candidates they're going out to caucus for. And they're ready for November. They're ready to fire Joe Biden. They're ready to have Republican leadership. I think this is just, of course, that very first kickoff and first step in that process. Hey, Madison, this is Jerry. Um, when we look at when I look at two of the candidates, whether it's uh, Vivek or Trump, I see they're able to energize that young voter base that uh, that Trump kind of brought in in 2020. You know, looking looking past this election, and I, and I know that Trump right now looks like the nominee. We still need to see how it shakes out. What can we expect from the GOP to keep those younger voters engaged? Yeah, it's so critically important. So we looked back at 2022 uh, and, you know, some of the elections that we lost that we could have potentially won. We said, you know, what can we do different to make sure that we're winning these votes that we could be winning and should be winning? Because our policies are common sense policies that align with what these younger voters are looking for, especially when you talk about the economy. Many young people seeing that American dream slip right through their fingers, not being able to buy homes for the first time like their parents, not being able to, you know, do so much that for generations was just 
part of the plan. If you work hard, you'll be able to do these things, right? And we haven't seen that. So I think one of those things is obviously having the right messaging, which I believe we do have, but it's about connecting with voters where they are. For so long, I think you saw a lot of campaigns connecting with voters where they hoped they were, where they thought they were, running you know millions of dollars of ads just on cable news. But the reality is our youngest Gen Z voters are not watching or getting their news on Fox News or CNN. My, my younger sister's in her early 20s. She's getting her news on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. That's the reality. And so we need to be in those places. And so we as a party, obviously, are very focused on making sure we know exactly where all the voters are and how to connect with them. Uh, that'll be a big part of our shift in 2024. And then, of course, early voting is a big push for us as well. Madison, with the role that you have at the RNC, I'm sure you probably are uh, privy to getting a lot of reports and data and information. What are you hearing about folks who might not have voted Republican before, whether it be libertarians, maybe Democrat crossovers that are just upset with the way things are going? You know, like my colleague and I, we say all the time, the grocery store is bipartisan. Doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat, 100 bucks in groceries is not taking you as far as it did before, and people are upset about that. Are you hearing any sort of buyer's remorse from people who may have voted one way in the past but are now ready to try something different. Yeah, you're not lying. I mean, you go to the grocery store now, $100 gets you a basket, not a cart. So I think we can all agree on that. I do think this is a prime opportunity for the Republican Party to welcome new voters into the party and hopefully welcome them permanently. I think when I talk about early voting, this is how we're going to be able to target some of those voters. If more Republicans vote early, we'll conserve immense number of resources, and then we can use those resources to target and chase ballots of independents, of Democrats, of people that, quite frankly, we didn't win in a lot of races in 2022, but we can and should win them in 2024. So in many ways, it's a numbers game and conservative those resources resources through Republican voters voting early is going to allow us to chase them because I really think you look across the country and there is more independence than ever before and there is no reason that any independent should be voting Democrat in 2024 so the more of them we can connect with the better because I do think we're on the right side of the issues that are bothering them the most whether that be the economy whether that be crime whether that be the border whether it be international policy and looking at what's going on internationally we had so much peace uh, in, you know, prosperity for many years uh, during the Trump administration and such a rapid shift following the takeover of the Biden-Harris administration. People are very unhappy with Biden. I think if you look at the numbers, they would be very unhappy with Harris as well. She has extremely low approval herself. And then the Democratic bench just isn't deep. So any Democrat, they run. I mean, they're not going to be successful because people don't agree with them on the issues. The Democratic Party has left the American people. They've gone too far to the left. The Republican Party is the party of common sense solutions. And that's what we hope to impress upon people in 2024, specifically those Democrats and independents that you mentioned. So there are two polls that came out. One said 33% of Americans approve of of Joe Biden's job performance. Another one that said almost half of Nikki Haley supporters would vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump. So how do you, as the RNC, kind of let this fight happen? And then when we get to the end of the victor with our candidate, you kind of pull everybody back together on an umbrella and say, even though you guys hash this out, we're still on the same team. Like, how does your job as the RNC work to make that happen? 
Yeah, I talk about this all the time, and the reality is, as Republicans, we cannot allow perfection to be the enemy of good. Uh, this is something we continue to see happen in the Republican Party. The Democrats, they don't like each other. They fight like cats and dogs behind closed doors. They come together at the end of the day. They push forward. They get it done. They elect their candidates. We as Republicans have to recognize that unity is more critically important this year than ever before. Stepping forward, we have to recognize that we agree way more and on way uh, more things we can get things done together than if we divide. We will never agree 100% of the time with somebody on anything. I don't agree with my husband, my parents, my best friend 100% of the time. I'm sure you don't either. But even if we agree 20, 30, 40, 50% of the time, let's as Republicans come together. Let's be an open doors party where we welcome people into the party. Even if you just agree with us on the economy, you're welcome to come to the Republican Party. We have more to offer you than the Democratic Party. And again, no matter who that nominee is, we want all of those candidates that ran and, and you know politicians from all across the country to come behind our candidate, make sure that we get them elected, and we elect Republicans down ballot as well. The Senate races are going to be critically important this year. The House race is critically important, and down ballot state races uh, are going to be important as well. We're chatting with Madison Desiato-Gilbert. She's the RNC National Spokesperson, the Iowa Caucus. Tonight, big night, the race for 24 officially underway. Madison, one more thing here before we let you go. Um, Has the RNC joined in the illegal challenge to make sure that Donald Trump stays on the ballot? Yeah, not even a question. I mean, immediately following Colorado Supreme Court decision, uh, we jumped right on board with the Trump campaign. They filed, because they have standing to do so, uh, an appeal on that. We filed an amicus brief, which we can do uh, to support them. We set aside funds to be a part of the legal fight. I anticipate this will be a swift decision in our favor. I would be disappointed if it's anything but a 9-0 decision. As an attorney, I've been watching it closely. I think it was a gross misinterpretation of the 14th Amendment, something that's clearly wrong, and that Supreme Court of the United States decision will set the precedent that will stop this from happening in any other state. One more time here. What are we expecting tonight in Iowa, Madison? I think it's going to be a cold night, but I think we'll see some great energy coming from Republicans. It'll be exciting. And of course, now this is our first caucus of the season, but we're going to have our first primary in eight days as well. So the next week will be exciting and it'll really set the tone for 2024. RNC National Spokesperson Madison Jeziato-Gilbert. Madison, thank you so much for the time. Stay warm. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Talk to you guys soon. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Much of the country is dealing with dangerously freezing cold weather. Some places in the Midwest and East Coast are seeing temperatures drop into the negative double digits. It's so cold. Yes, it is winter. Yes, it's supposed to be cold, but not this cold. Temperatures in much of the U.S. are 20 to 30 degrees below normal. I have no feeling in my fingers or penis, but I think it was worth it. Some parts of the country are dealing with weather that will freeze your skin and cause frostbite in just 10 minutes of exposure. The cold has now spread to my special place.
Tonight in Buffalo, the wind chill is forecast to be 20 below zero. In Fargo, North Dakota, it could get as cold as minus 40. Why don't you go on outside and make snow angels? And the best way to beat this cold weather, Jerry, is by buying a hoodie from the Hammer and Nigel Show merch store. Store.hammerandnigel.com. The Hammer and Nigel Show hoodie, available in different colors. It will keep you warm. But one thing that police are asking you not to do is what somebody did in Nebraska. Police in Nebraska had to tell a local concerned citizen it is not okay to clear the snow out of the street by pouring gasoline on it and lighting it on fire. (laughs) Nobody was hurt, but some townie in Nebraska said, you know what? I don't have a flamethrower. I don't have salt. I don't even have a shovel. But what I do have is gas and a match. And not all heroes wear capes. And he cleared the roads that way. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I saw this on TikTok. So this, he's not the only person to do this. Other people are doing this around the country. <laughs> so nobody got hurt this time. And I hope it stays that way. But yeah, you would hate to burn down your whole house trying to be lazy and clear the snow. So if you're looking for a reason to have a beverage tonight to celebrate. Uh, Of course, it is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We've got playoff football going on, but also 38 years ago today, in 1986, Jimmy Dean was ordered to pay his brother, Don Dean, half a million bucks for causing him mental anguish in a feud over the family sausage business. So this is like the show Succession, but for hillbillies and sausage. So 38 years ago today, Jimmy had to pay his brother Don half a million bucks because he hurt his feelings about the way they're going to run the sausage empire. Now, I will say this. Jimmy Dean's sausage is damn good. I've never even heard of Don Dean, so I think it was well worth the $500,000. <laughs> Which brings us to great moments in Jimmy Dean's sausage history. You guys know where we're going with this. One of the great complaint calls of all time. This went viral a number of years ago. Somebody left this message on the complaint hotline for Jimmy Dean sausage. Your products are very delicious. Love your sausage for 30-something years, but I can't take and feed a family of five on a little 12-ounce roll of sausage. I don't mind paying you more money for your 16-ounce roll of sausage, but you don't have it anymore. You've got a 12-ounce roll, and you've got three men that weigh over 200 pounds apiece, a woman that's a little plump, and a daughter <laughs> who's 13, and you're going to try to take a 12-ounce roll of sausage and feed that. It ain't going to work. And as far as your 16-ounce and maple and sage, I don't eat that. I'm not from the north. I'm a Texas man, and I'm not going to buy two of those 12-ounce packages just because you want to downsize and charge the same goddamn price. <laughs> Son of a Somebody needs their ass kicked. Now, Jerry, I'll defer to you because you're a man that has served the country. You've been around some rowdy dudes in the military. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you end a conversation with, quote, somebody needs their ass kicked, yeah. then somebody's pretty upset. Yeah, and somebody's probably going to get their ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. Great moments in Jimmy Dean sausage history. All right, Allison, I want to run this by you, okay? Are you somebody that really gets into like these designer handbags and purses and things like that? Uh, personally, no, but I know a couple people who are really into it. Okay, because Louis Vuitton is selling a 
sandwich bag for $3,130. Now, it's not actually just a brown paper bag, but it's kind of shaped like one, but it's made of cowhide leather. It was designed by Pharrell, and it's over $3,000, a Louis Vuitton sandwich bag. If you had the disposable income, is this something that would move the needle for you? Honestly, I might because uh, it's crazy. It's like those really fancy um, Air Jordans and stuff. They're, they'll be worth more money one day. So, honestly, so Louis I'd Vuitton bags it. are like Jordans for chicks. Yes, 100%. Exactly. Great way to put that. I'd, I'd do it. Yep. If I had income, absolutely. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock we have a crooked country in so many different ways. It's so dishonest. It's We need borders. And we need fair elections. Those are the two primary things. Everything else can straighten itself out. But we got to have strong borders, and we have to have fair and free elections, or we don't have a country. Last-minute push in Iowa from former President Donald Trump. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out today. Jerry Lopez at Indy Spanglish on social media filling in. And listen, a lot of storylines tonight. The weather's going to be just awful, brutal in Iowa. But it really comes down to margin of victory tonight, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. The the largest uh, Indiana Repu- or Iowa Republican record of margin is 13%. Every poll we have seen, it feels like for the past six months, has shown Trump up at least 30. I expect him to easily blast that 13%. The difference will be, you know, how many people are actually going to show up? I mean, if, if I'm a Trump guy and the weather's horrible, and I assume he's going to win by a lot, is it even worth it for me to show up? Right. If I'm a, if I'm a DeSantis or a Haley person and show them way down. Is it even worth it for me to show up? I think you can look at that a number of different ways, right? Like if I'm Ron DeSantis, maybe this weather plays into your hands because there could be that apathy from the Trump voter that's like, man, he's up by 40% in the polls. I'm just going to stay in tonight and watch the playoff football game. I think my guy's going to be fine. But if you're somebody that's all in on Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Ramaswamy, Maybe this is your circle the wagons moment to where if you get out and your fellow like-minded voters get out there, you could try to trim away and make this thing a little bit closer. Yeah, agreed completely. Agreed completely. It's a great chance for people to make up some ground. If they don't make up ground in this and it falls exactly like it like it is right now in polling, Trump 50, Haley 20, DeSantis 16, Vivek below 10. If it comes out just like that, I think they're in for a world of hurt come New Hampshire. Now, depending on which poll you look at, and there's a million different polls out there, and some pretty accurate, others full of crap, but a lot of these polls have Donald Trump winning in a landslide. And if it's one poll, you think, okay, well, maybe that's just the outlier. But so many of these, Jerry, all show the same thing. No one's going to come close to Donald Trump, at least not in the state of Iowa. As a matter of fact, on Fox this morning, Lawrence Jones of uh, Fox News, they sent him to a diner in Cedar Rapids. And it's one of those things where they're you know doing live cut-ins on the show, and he just kind of wanted to take the temperature of the room, see who everybody was supporting. Take a listen to this. When you caucus today, who will be supporting Nikki Haley in here? Nikki Haley supporters. Woo! 
Okay, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy. Okay, we got one, two, three. All right, Ron DeSantis supporters here. And who plans on supporting former President Donald Trump? <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. That's almost just like the polling. Right. Because sometimes in a presidential election, when it's a Republican against a Democrat, you could say, well, the Trafalgar poll leans really, really Republican, while some of these other polls, you know, the CNN poll leans very, very left. This is all Republican stuff, and Donald Trump is dominating every single one. Ron DeSantis, though, still feels like he's got uh, a chance, albeit a small one, a puncher's chance tonight. This was his final message. I know it's really cold, but I'm asking you, go out and participate in the Iowa caucus. You're never going to have an, an opportunity to have your vote make more of an impact than you will tonight. Ron DeSantis. Doesn't sound too fired up right Not at there. all. And, and imagine they're in it, such a tough spot. Not, not only are you getting blasted in the polls, but now you need your people to go out and brave real brutal temperatures to support you. Right. And let's be honest, a lot of folks that really get into voting, some of them are older folks. Like if my parents or if you've got grandparents or something wanted to go out in this, I'd have some real concerns because it's worse in Iowa than it is here. It ain't pretty here. We're talking about wind chills around negative 13 to negative 20, depending on the time of the night. In Iowa tonight, minus 40 to minus 45 in some spots. And if you have to park your car somewhere where you've got to walk a little bit to get to your caucus center, man, that's that's a tough ask for some folks that are a little bit up there in age. This was something that came out early today, and I thought this was interesting. Now, Roger Stone, say what you want about Roger Stone. It's a bit out there at times, but you can't deny that he's got Donald Trump's ear. He's got a good relationship with Donald Trump. So Roger Stone was doing this uh, Twitter chat and says he likes the idea of Donald Trump selecting Tulsi Gabbard as his running mate. I'd like to see some creativity. In other words, I like personally, just speaking for myself, I like the idea of a Donald Trump, Tulsi Gabbard ticket. Tulsi Gabbard, an Iraq combat veteran, a major general in the U.S. Army Reserve, a championship surfer, a former UFC fighter, a former member of Congress, a former Democrat, now an independent, someone who crushed Kamala Harris uh, in the debates now. It would be incumbent on Chelsea until she become a Republican. So now, before we move forward there, Tulsi has sparred in the UFC. It's not like she was out there taking right. on uh, the Ronda mover. Rousey or anything. Right, yeah. right, right. And it was one of those Twitter spaces chats, whatever you want to call them, that Roger Stone was on. But I think a case could be made. Now, the part of that that got cut off, and he goes on to say is, it all has to be with the understanding that Tulsi switches to the Republican Party because some states, not all of them, but some states make you be uh, the same political party as your running mate. Well, and she uh, she just came out. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, 
Lemon, Don Lemon, uh, Jim Rome are taking, they're going to start shows now on X. And Tulsi Gabbard is actually going to be starting a show on X too. So uh, give you a chance to get to meet her if you don't know much about her. But two, we got to get we got to get across the finish line first before we start figuring out who the heck's going to be right. VP. Don't we do this every election cycle? We make such a big deal of who the vice presidential candidate's going to be. You know, it becomes like a bad episode of The Bachelor. Who's going to get the rose? It never matters. No. Well, I don't even know what the VP does. I mean, we have Kamala, and she does nothing. So. Absolutely nothing. Uh, but if my options, though, are... Tulsi Gabbard or Nikki Haley, give me Tulsi Gabbard. All day. All day, twice on Sunday. Now, you bring up Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris was speaking earlier today about the legacy of Martin Luther King. Today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, national holiday, federal holiday, a lot of people celebrating in their own ways. Kamala Harris gave a speech. Now, before we play you the audio, place your bets. Did she say her famous line that she says over and over all the time, unburdened by what has been. I mean, there's no way she could say it now. People are laughing at her, right? Jerry, make the call. Did she squeeze it in today? I I think she did. Allison, make the call. Did Kamala Harris say the line today? It's a holiday, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Kamala Harris. Today, we celebrate the legacy of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a visionary who saw what could be unburdened by what had been. There it is! As Teddy KGB says in Rounders, pay that man his money. Meet me at the window. (laughs) (laughs) And again, if you're wondering why we're making such a big deal of this, that's her crutch. She says that line at literally every speech she gives. I can imagine what can be and be unburdened by what has been. You know? What can be unburdened by what has been? 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 These are not replays. Unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been? Who we can be? Unburdened by who we have been. What can be unburdened by what has been? Where we can be unburdened by where we have been and unburdened by where we are right now. Oh, remix. Unburdened by what has been. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. Jerry Lopez is filling in for Big Nige, and this is how we're going to do Is This Anything? I'm going to run some stories by Mr. Spanglish here. He's going to break down all of the information. He's going to weigh out the pros and the cons. He'll be the one that gives you the verdict. Is the story anything or not? And we start with this. Ozzy Osbourne gave rapper T-Pain a pretty big compliment about his recent live performance of the Black Sabbath classic 
War Pigs. Ozzy told him, this is the best cover of War Pigs ever. Then he had a big question to ask, why didn't you guys call me? Now, here's a part of the T-Pain cover of War Pigs. there that anything that's pretty awesome but that not uh t-plane recently got another compliment for a cover of tennessee whiskey which went viral so he's been doing these and i think t-pain has uh, found life after autotune actually you know country and different genres coming together sometimes works like there was a little period of uh the early 2000s where the country rap thing was coming together. Nelly and Florida Georgia Line. Right, and, right. Yeah. Tim McGraw was doing stuff, yep. you know, with hip-hop artists. And to an extent, I think that's kind of where we get some of these modern country performers from, like Jelly Roll, yep, right? Yep. A little bit of uh, hip-hop, a little bit of country. And also when classic rock kind of works with country a little bit. It dives into a little bit more Southern. Like, I just went to Nashville a couple weeks ago, and you go to, like, Kid Rock's bar it's not just country music. It's like Southern rock. You hear everything from, you know, Leonard Skinner to, you know, your favorite country artist, maybe even mix in some harder stuff like from ACDC, you know, those hard guitars. So I think a lot of that is actually pretty good. Is this anything? A Vermont state police officer is being called a hero after jumping into an icy pond to save an eight-year-old girl who had fallen through the ice and into the frozen, frigid water. Now, take a listen to this. This is wild. Here's the audio from Trooper Michelle Archer's body cam as she rescued this girl in freezing sub-zero water. anything man that's terrifying that is so scary for everybody that that trooper's a hero i know she probably feels like she's just doing her job but here's a reminder don't don't go out and play on water i mean i know a lot it happens a lot and some places are used to it but that's an eight-year-old girl that fell through the ice that probably had no business being out there next to that can you imagine just how cold that water is? Like right now, if you were to jump into Eagle Creek, could you imagine how cold that water is? Like it hits your body. It feels like a million needles. It takes your breath away immediately. Right, right. And again, what a heroic effort by this Vermont state uh, police officer right there. We were talking a little bit off the air, Jerry. You are someone who has served this country. Did you ever have to do any training in, like, 
frozen water or like freezing temperatures or anything like that? No, I never did. But but a lot of the the special forces, the ra- the Ranger Army Rangers, uh, Navy SEALs, those kinds of guys that do that quick reaction deployment stuff, where you may find yourself in Russia somewhere overnight, they do stuff like this. Um, but your typical military member doesn't doesn't go through this kind of training. We go through field training. You'll go out in the field and live in the wilderness for a right. week, two weeks. But as far as like going outside and the logs in the water and all that different stuff you see on TV, that's that's not your typical military member, no. There's an episode of The Sopranos, which again, I'm so happy that I've got my wife into it. Like, I got the crazy coupon lady to binge watch The <laughs> Sopranos and she loved it. There's an old episode where two of the guys, Paulie and Christopher, get stuck outside in freezing sub-zero weather of New Jersey and they got to survive for like 24 hours because they're looking for somebody they were supposed to kill and they didn't finish the job and it just looks so unbelievably miserable and now factor in like this eight-year-old girl's case being thrown into water cold sucks but cold and wet is horrible oh man is this anything a california man's classic car worth over 100 grand was stolen from outside of his home he said that he waited a lifetime to acquire a 1962 chevy impala convertible and he finally pulled it off and it was stolen just a couple weeks after he bought it. Here he is talking about the crime. You work hard for this, you know, and uh, people just come and, you know, snatch it right from you. Not the kind of thing you want to do on your birthday. <laughs> they didn't know how to open the hood of an Impala, so they bent the grill. And as you can see in the video, the grill is busted uh, just to open the hood. And, you know, they could uh, bring it to a chop shop, part it out, uh, try to repaint it. It just sucks. You know, these punks are out here doing stuff like this. About anything? That sucks for that guy. That is horrible. What a what a bad day. And he said on his birthday, nonetheless. You know, that's the kind of stuff where it's hard to stay positive. Even if you're a positive, glass half full kind of guy, you do the right things, you've got faith, you take care of your family, you've saved your whole life to get your dream car. And this happens. You're right. That sucks. And that's the kind of stuff that would be like the origin story for a super villain movie. You spend your whole life being good. You spend your whole life helping out others. You finally get your car. Somebody steals it. I'm going full Batman at this point. Oh, yeah. Like evil Batman. Not the helpful Batman. Not Adam West Batman. I'm being vengeful Batman (laughs) at this point. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. Hammer and Nigel show. Oh, yeah. Monday Gun Day with the gun guy here on the Hammer and Nigel show. To a attorney, to a instructor, an all-around damn fine American, Guy Relford, how are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks, as always, to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day. That's Premier Arms in Brownsburg, with the largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms in the Midwest, and PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street in Brownsburg or PremierArms.com. Thank you again for coming by our charity event on Friday up at uh, Woodland, the Royal Pin Lane with Jack Daniels, man. I appreciate that. Oh, man, are you kidding? That was such a cool event. It was so fun to come by there, see you and Nige, see Jerry, um, and uh, and see Tony Kennett, 
And uh, I'll tell you what, these are some of my favorite human beings on the planet. <laughs> and uh, you guys were all there and socializing, and we had a couple of beers. Couple. Air quotes right there. We had a couple of beers. We had a couple of beers, all safe and responsible wise. Sure. And uh, I thought it was just fabulous. And you were raising money for veterans, uh, with the Red, 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 red White, White and, and, Bowl. and yeah. Bowl. What a fabulous event. And Woodland Bowl is a great facility. I was just knocked out. I was having a blast the whole time I was there. Well, thank you again, both of you guys, Jerry and Guy and uh, Tony Kennett, for coming out to hang out with us. All right. Let's talk about what's going to happen Wednesday, Guy. House Bill 1235. This is kind of a big deal. Walk me through this. This is a huge deal. And what this is, is this reinforces the idea that a, a gun manufacturer or retailer who lawfully manufactures and or sells a gun cannot be sued when somebody takes that gun and goes off and commits a criminal act with it. In other words, if if, if Ford sells a pickup truck and somebody buys that pickup truck and they, they go out and they run over a bunch of people at a parade, you know, nobody sues Ford. But, but the gun industry has been such a under such an attack for so long, and a strategy of the anti-gun people is to try to sue the gun industry out of existence based on an alleged argument that it's the gun industry's fault that people murder each other. It's never the bad guy's fault. It's literally everybody else's fault but the perpetrator. Exactly. And we've got this lawsuit going on in Gary. It's called City of Gary versus Glock. That's just what we call it. It's Glock, Smith & Wesson virtually every manufacturer of firearm out there is basically the city of Gary uh, trying to say that it's the gun industry's fault that we have uh, people shooting each other in Gary and it's ludicrous and and the existing statutes both at the federal level called the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Arms Act and there's a a state uh, parallel act are designed to prevent this exact kind of litigation but the judge up there has gone way out of their well by the way this has been pending for 24 years. One lawsuit been pending for 24 years. And the legislature keeps trying to say, no, you cannot have this kind of a lawsuit in Indiana. And, and let me tell you, the fact that this is still pending, it's costing... Indiana, uh, a lot of money in the sense that there are there are firearms industry jobs that are companies that would love to move to Indiana, and they would they would love to move out of the you know like Connecticut, New York, and Massachusetts places where they've been targeted for frivolous lawsuits before. Exactly, but because the city of Gary lawsuits pending and this and and according to the courts anyway, right now in Indiana you can still get sued as a manufacturer in in. in uh, of firearms in Indiana, they're going, no, no, I'm sorry, we'll go somewhere like Texas or whatever that provides us the appropriate level of protection. So this is this is a bill, 1235, that would say, no, only the state of Indiana could bring a lawsuit um, against any gun manufacturer or whatnot, and any local government, like the city of Gary uh, or any other local municipality, cannot bring any such lawsuit. And that would that would allow it says to bring a lawsuit or maintain a lawsuit, and that would uh, hopefully put an end to this ridiculous lawsuit going on in Gary. And this is a big deal. It's a big deal um, for the for the for the frankly for the economy of Indiana. It's a big deal for the gun industry generally, and we hope it passes, but it's set for a hearing this Wednesday in the Judiciary Committee in the House at 8.30 in the morning, 
uh, in the House. And and listen, we need people to show up because I guarantee you the anti-gun people will be there. Right. The and Moms I, Demand Action. Absolutely. All those folks are going to be there. And we need the, the 2A Project members. That's the reason I formed the 2A Project. So we have people to show up to things exactly like this uh, because we need to voice support for this because this is a big deal because we need to cut off this kind of BS litigation, frivolous litigation against the gun industry right here in Indiana. Do people showing up matter? Does that really sway people one way or the other? You know, you wouldn't think so, right? Because some of these hearing rooms are kind of small, and I've been doing this for a long time, man. I spent a lot of time over at the state house, and and look look for years, we'd be fighting for something like uh, constitutional carry, right? And we'd, we'd show up to these hearing rooms, and it'd be me and the local NRA rep, and then the whole room's full of people in red t-shirts to say "Moms Demand Action," and uh, and. You know, you wouldn't think that just that room of people with, I don't know, maybe 50 or 100 people in it at most would make that much of a difference. Let me tell you, it just does, man. Really? It changes the dynamic in the room. It just does. And uh, and that's one of the big reasons we got constitutional carry passed last year. I mean, I formed the 2A project in 2020 focused on constitutional carry specifically, but more generally fighting for gun rights in Indiana. And last year, well, last year, 2022, when we finally got that uh, passed, when we had those hearings, it was it was me, it was the NRA guy, and then it was three quarters of the room w- of people with 2A Project t-shirts on nice. who were there, who were very clear, clear there to support it. And all of a sudden, those legislators who were kind of leaning in our direction anyway and had been for some time all of a sudden they were just that much that much more comfortable in uh, voting to get it out of committee and listen once it went to the to the floor in the house and the senate we knew it was going to pass because not those people were not going to vote against it and then be responsible for that back to their constituency back in their districts um is there any other industry that we hold accountable for the way that people use their products you know, that's a great question. I can't think of one. Like we don't I mean, go after alcohol sales for right. people being drunk and driving. We don't, to your point, we don't go after the manufacturers of cars for people running over parades. We don't go. So is this literally the only industry that we try to hold accountable for the way that people have lawfully purchased their weapon or, or unlawfully, which means you're already a criminal, so it doesn't matter? Right. Well, I mean, the closest thing I can think of, I mean, you mentioned alcohol, Jerry, and it's such a good question. I mean, we'll say, okay, if you're a bar or, or a restaurant and somebody's obviously intoxicated and you continue to sell them alcohol and they go out and hurt somebody, there's something called a, a dram shop action where you can go back and sue the bar, but that's based on their fault, their, their knowledge that that person is intoxicated and they didn't care they'd rather get the five bucks for a beer and sell them you know more alcohol and they go out and hurt somebody but beyond that but we still have but we do have laws that say like if i show up to your gun store and you don't run the appropriate background check you don't do then you're responsible well that's right and by the way none of this would protect a, a gun store against say selling a defective gun they knew it's to say they take in a gun that's used gun they know it's defective they don't care they sell it and somebody gets hurt that, this doesn't protect them it doesn't protect the gun industry. Like, uh, I'm getting ready to file a big lawsuit uh, um, against a gun manufacturer um, because they sold a, a defective gun that uh, was known to 
cause um, it was known to to for, to have the firearm discharge if it hits in a certain way when it hits the ground, and they knew that happened and they sold it anyway. And 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 listen, that's because I want to hold people responsible who are truly responsible. But this kind of immunity doesn't um, doesn't protect the industry or a seller against anything they do wrong. They sell a defective product or they break the law. Going back to your question, um, when they sell a gun, so no. Monday Gun Day with Guy Relford. So we've talked about House Bill 1235, and that hearing is Wednesday morning. Talk to me about Senate Bill 28. This involves discriminatory financial services practices. Yeah, this is kind of cool. This is a neat bill, and I was kind of surprised when I read it because it has a it has a great impact potentially on, on people who are engaged in the gun industry, but it's broader than that. What it says is the financial institutions, so banks, credit card processors, etc., can't discriminate based on a, a social credit score. And if you haven't heard that term... What the hell is a social credit score? Well, there are banks and institutions out there that put together a social credit score. Like, for instance, your company, based on whether you have a uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion program at your company, whether you hire based on affirmative action, whether um, you are associated with a fossil fuels industry. So, woke bullcrap. That's the layman's term here. Woke bullcrap. I wish I'd said that. (laughs) I could could have saved 30 minutes of your broadcast, 30 seconds, 30 seconds of your broadcast, if I said it that way. No, you're exactly right. So, um, what this says is that financial institutions in Indiana cannot discriminate against uh, businesses or individual based on a social credit score that includes your participation in the uh, firearms industry, but it's much broader than that. We can talk it's, about you know, maybe me being on Twitter, being a conservative activist. Now you're concerned an extremist. You shouldn't be able to purchase weapon. Right. That's your social credit score. You were alive on January 6th, therefore you probably right. stormed the Capitol. Or you, or you were at the Capitol, but you never went in, you never broke any laws, but now we're not going to sell you a weapon because of that. Right. Well, and, but, but what's really, really important is you're right, but it's broader than that because, for instance, if you want to start a new business, no, we won't make you a business loan Wow. Based on your social credit score that includes your activism on those kind of issues. That's 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 what we're talking about. It's like pre-red flag. Oh, yeah. Or we won't uh, process your credit cards for your business because of your social credit score, because you're associated with the fossil fuels industry or you're associated with with a fire industry. we got to hit a break right here. Let's hit a real quick timeout. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation. we got Guy Rolford with us. Monday, Gunday here on the Hammer and Nigel show. You know, Guy, to get back to what we were saying before about the uh, social credit score and how that can be used against you, that when the Canadian truckers did the protesting out there, they all got debanked and they, they lost access to their bank accounts, not only them, but family members as well who weren't even involved. Oh, man, it's such a great point, Jerry, and I'm glad you raised that. And it goes back to what happened. And listen, a bunch of the anti-gun folks, the Bloomberg organizations, the Brady campaign and whatnot, they came out several years ago and they announced Operation Choke Point. And you know what Operation Choke Point was? It was basically a, 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 a program that says we can't get through Congress on gun control that we want to get through. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to financial institutions and we're going to force the gun industry out of business by by basically getting the gun in, or the financial industry to not do business. 
with anybody associated with firearms. And they and, and, and it's the insurance agency saying insurance industry saying don't insure these people. The banks don't do business with them. The credit card companies don't process their credit cards. And, and they're saying, we can put them out of business, um, even though legitimate, honest, law-abiding American businesses and industries, we can put them out of business through the financial industry. That's the attack. Well, so we learn something every day here. See, I thought Operation Choke Point was that final play call that the Colts had against the Texans. <laughs> I had no idea. We learned something here. Uh, Guy, we got about a minute left here. Um, there's some information that came out from the Crime Prevention Research Center yeah. that states 94%, 94 of mass public shootings since 1950, so this is a pretty big body of work here, have taken place in gun-free zones. Yeah, when you talk about the Crime Prevention Research Center, that's Dr. John Lott, and uh, he's a stud. He's a statistician, uh, a PhD, and he does the research, and he's been on my show uh, a number of times, and uh, he gets his stuff right. And what that shows you is that when we have these anti-gun people out there campaigning and say, well, we need less guns in less places, and let's pass these laws that make more places gun-free zones, like uh, like our own beloved Joe Hogsett wants to make Indianapolis a gun-free zone with his new anti-gun proposals here, right here in Indianapolis. What that shows you is you're just encouraging the bad guys to come in here and murder people unfettered. Uh, you know, and and listen, you know, I represented uh, Eli Dickin, the hero in the Greenwood Park Mall shooting, and um, and is the Greenwood Park Mall based on the policies of, of uh, Simon Malls, was a gun-free zone. You're not allowed to have a gun in there. And Eli violated that. And people say, oh, well, he violated their store policy. Yes, he did. And because of that, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, 60, I don't know how many people are alive today. There were people, I swear to you, people that were upset that he saved the yes. day that oh, way. Oh, I had to go out on social media. Oh, the, there was, what's her name? Uh, the lady from The View said, oh, he broke the law. He did not break the law, and he saved lives. A but local yeah. TV station here referred to him as the second gunman wow. in that yes. shooting. Oh, no, that was, that was our buddy Russ. Absolutely. <laughs> we're up against it real quick. Where can we find you at my friend uh guy relford on twitter man guy relford on twitter you are the best thank you for coming in thanks guys that's guy relford best two-way attorney in america this is the hammer and nigel show hammer whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for you and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! It is on like Donkey Kong. All eyes are on Iowa. The race for the White House 2024 officially gets rolling tonight. My name is Jason Hammer. Jerry Lopez filling in for Big Nige. You can find him on social media at Indy Spanglish. Jerry, we've been talking about this date for a long time. It's here. It's not perfect. I mean, it is going to be freaking cold in the great state of Iowa tonight, but 
The race for 2024 officially gets underway. What are you looking forward to tonight? So one of the one of the biggest things I'm looking. So so the final polling that has come out from the Des Moines Register has Trump at 50 percent, Haley at 20, DeSantis at 16. I think Vivek is below 10. The largest Republican record margin is 13 percent. That's Bob Dole in 98. We're we're seeing maybe 20, 30 percent for Trump. So I'm just I'm just curious to see what that final number is going to be right there. If Trump gets over what some of these polls have shown, like let's say Trump gets 51% or more tonight, are you going to see any of these candidates drop out? Or, like we talked about earlier, are they going to use the weather as an excuse? Well, it was so cold out. A lot of our voters didn't go out and vote. There was a wind chill advisory. They didn't feel safe to go out and vote and park their car and walk up. It's like a built-in excuse for everybody tonight, right? Oh, for sure. Everybody's going to use the excuse. I think the date when people are going to are going to decide to drop out will be February 8th. And that's when the Supreme Court is hearing the case about Trump on, on the state ballots. If they come out and say that he, he has to stay on the ballot, that they can't take him off, I think that's when we'll see Haley and DeSantis drop out. I do think Haley, even if she gets her doors blown off tonight, and even if she's second place, let's say in New Hampshire, but still a distant second, I think she's going to hang on just to try to go to South Carolina and her own home state. What do we do with Vivek Ramaswamy? Because it kind of feels like we're in the stages of the last stand of Vivek. Now, I will say that Elon Musk for whatever it's worth, I know he's not a political mastermind, uh, came out and said he has a feeling that Vivek Ramaswamy is going to do a lot better than people think. What do we make of that? I would agree with that. But people have him right now pointing like 6%. So, he, so he, anything above anything above garbage. Six or 10, yeah, <laughs> you're doing better, but it's still a distant third. I, I do love uh, what he's done with younger voters. So he's been able to energize that younger Trump base that Trump has got during the 2020 uh, election. And he's been able to touch them. I don't know if Vivek's going to get it done this time, but I would love to see him here another four years. I think that's when he'll be, he'll be right for it. Vivek jumped on uh, Fox early this morning and said that the polling has been a little biased against him because they're only polling registered Republicans, and he's been stealing over libertarians, stealing over a few folks from the left. Take a listen. I think he's a smart guy, and look, we'll see what happens tonight, but one of the things is I think the polls are dramatically off. Many of our supporters are first-time caucus goers, people who may have come from younger generations, people who may have been libertarian-leaning but haven't traditionally been polled in Republican caucuses, and I think a lot of our supporters, we don't have lukewarm supporters. We have have diehard supporters, and I think that's what's going to be rewarded tonight as well. Okay, so if you're going to go out and say, I've got diehard supporters, and you get your backside handed to you tonight, then... I think it's time to quote House of Pain, pack it up, pack it in. Uh, could be. He, and he's also done by far the most events in Iowa. He's been all in out of any candidate in Iowa. Um, so, yeah, like you said, here we go. It's, it's now or nothing for him. If he gets his doors blown off, what's the point of continuing to spend money? So, we will keep you up to date all through the evening here at 93 WIBC. Uh, keeping it a little closer to home here, nine bills have been proposed to the 2024 Indiana General Assembly that would legalize weed, whether it be medicinally or recreationally. And what might surprise people is that more Republicans, Jerry, have put these bills out there than Democrats. 
Where are we at with legal weed in the state of Indiana? I think we're a governor away. I think uh, it's, it's definitely not going to happen during um, during Holcomb's final hurrah here. It's not going to happen at all. Uh, he's I, always said if it's illegal at the federal level, which technically it is, then he's not going to do anything with it here in Indiana. Yep, yep. And, but so a lot of these bills re, uh, revolve around medicinal. There are a couple of these bills put forward by Republicans that would decriminalize up to two ounces. Another one is to make it, you know, essentially recreational. I could see a slow plane and go medicinal first, but we're losing way too much tax dollars to the states that are around us. That's what it is. It has nothing to do with, you know, well, alcohol's legal. We're going to legalize weed or we've listened to the constituents. Has nothing to do with that. They're seeing how much money Illinois and states like that are making off of gummies and things like that. And they're thinking, how can we get a piece of that action here? Because we're a state that loves our vices. I mean, I'm a gambling guy, right? And I look at the gambling numbers for Indiana, and it's pretty strong. Right. It is pretty strong here in the state of Indiana. So we like our vices here, man. And you're right. I think it's one governor away. And we'll find out a little bit about who that's going to be later in the summer. You know, we still got to get the paperwork done. We're going to see, you know, how these guys cannibalize each other. Uh, We'll get to the bottom of that coming up in just a little bit. Speaking of uh, drugs, if you want to call weed a drug, pharmacies, not necessarily the larger ones, but like smaller pharmacies around the country, starting to have a hard time keeping stocked with some of these drugs they use to treat infections because of the, quote, triple-demic so here we go. We got a title for it now, Jerry. Triple demic. Triple demic is when respiratory viruses, the flu, COVID nineteen, RSV, all come together at the same time and make people sick. Now we talked about this last week. There was a virologist at Cambridge that said, "Yeah, there are three major viruses going on right now. COVID's probably the weakest of them all. Flu is pretty bad. RSV is pretty bad. They're all happening at the same time. Triple demic. Now it's scary because we've got a title to it. Yeah, yeah. We should call it the Golden Sombrero. <laughs> As a Cub fan, I'm well aware what a Golden Sombrero is. When you go 0 for four and four strikeouts in a baseball game, I've seen that multiple times. But here, we're talking." about triple-demic, possibly four different things all going on at the same time. So what we've decided to do is channel our record label, Hammer and Nigel Records, to put together a little ditty about three different things happening at the same time. Now, Jerry, when I put this together, I was listening to a lot of Lionel Richie, okay? Okay. You're once, twice, three times a pandemic. Triple demic. The flu, COVID, and RSV. <laughs> so bad. And I need drugs for you. Oh, there you go. You put that little baby on tonight after the kids have gone to bed. Somebody's getting pregnant. Are you okay? Are you okay? Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty. 
I'm far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! So here's how we're going to do it today, because normally, Nigel runs these stories by me. But I'm going to be a gracious host. I'm going to let Jerry Lopez take a swing at these stories. You're going to be the one that um, breaks down the information, similar to Is This Anything? And you're going to tell me if you're okay with everything that's going on here, okay? All right. Let's start with this. 22-year-old Madison Marsh, Miss Colorado, was named 2024 Miss America over the weekend. Are you okay with this? Uh, I am. I think this is pretty cool. So she's what the first military member to ever be awarded this. She's a lieutenant in the Air Force. I think it's pretty cool. My only hesitancy with this is that you know you hear about the uh, the Army versus Navy football games, and sometimes they have athletes that can be drafted. Right. And they say you can't go because you need to fulfill your service. So if she has duties as Miss America that do not align with her military service, then I think it's only fair that she needs to either give up the throne or wait until she's done with her service to go do these duties. I'm going to go on the record of saying I would much rather have her serve her country as a member of the Air Force than I would doing some fancy pageant walking. Agreed. Yeah. And I'm sure she probably would, too. But I'm 100% all in on this because I'm honestly surprised. I thought for sure, because it's 2024, that Miss America would end up being a dude. It's still a woman. That's a win. Right. That's a win. The fact she's up there without, you know, Big Jim and the twins tucked in her Target-friendly bathing suit, I think this is a win. I think this is going in the right direction. And yeah, I'm here for this, because I've always said, I think Miss America and Miss Teen America need to fight crime like Batman and Robin. That should be part of the deal if you are indeed the winner. You team up with Miss Teen America and you go around to some of these problem cities and you fight crime like Batman and Robin. I mean, that sounds fantastic, actually. And now we've got somebody that's an actual badass in the uh, United States Air Force here. So, hell yeah, man, I'm on board with this. Which brings us to great moments in pageant history. You heard me mention Miss Teen America a moment ago. Let's jump back in the old hot tub time machine and go back to when Miss Teen South Carolina was on the stage. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps, and uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and... So good. I, I Bless her heart. I don't mean to be picking on her, but wow. I don't think she has a map. <laughs> <laughs> such as. Uh, are you okay with this? So over the weekend, the Chicago Bulls, they were honoring their uh, championship basketball teams of the 90s, you know, the Jordan, Pippen, Rodman Bulls, with this special ring of honor ceremony at a home game that the Bulls were having. So when the name of their former GM, Jerry Krause, was announced, and they put his picture up on the Jumbotron, fans started to boo, because many fans blame him 
for basically ruining the dynasty. Like he chose to just end the dynasty. That was kind of brought forward in the Last Dance documentary that ESPN had. Now, Kraus died back in 2017, so his widow was there. You know, they had everybody on the floor, and they put him on the Jumbotron. So when Krause's picture came up, they booed the bejesus out of him, and then they showed his widow, and she was crying. Take a listen. Six-time NBA champion, two-time NBA executive of the year, represented by his wife, Thelma, basketball Hall of Famer, and former Bulls general manager, Jerry Krause. So you heard the boo birds come out. The widow is down there. She's an old woman. She starts crying hearing the boos. Are you okay with this? No. I, I was a Bulls fan, and, and I remember Jay Krause. And he, yeah, they, they, they said he was responsible for getting rid of Phil Jackson. But Jordan wasn't there. Pippen wasn't there. None of these people were there. They did video video montages or whatever. But I think it was a step too far. Like, without him, you don't have the championships you got. And maybe you don't like the way that it's, it went, the way it fell apart. But... The man is gone, and I think it's I think it's wrong to boo him in front of his widow. That that's a step too far for me. Okay, so two follow up questions here: Had he been there, and he were still alive, mm-hmm. and not his wife? Fair game. Fair game. Okay, and wow, number two, fans. They always say we buy tickets. We've got the right to voice our displeasure or cheer and give you our approval. Yeah. What's your response to people that say, hey, Bulls tickets are expensive, and he was the one that just decided we don't want to win anymore? Well, you weren't booing back in 1999, so you've you've eliminated the statute of limitations on when you can boo. He's dead. All right, he's gone. If he's there, if he's there, boo the heck out of him. Let him hear that. He deserves to hear that. But he's gone. His wife didn't need to go through that. She probably was really looking forward to it. Is this anything? The town of Edwardsville, Illinois, is fining a church 750 bucks a day for offering warming centers to homeless people because they don't have the proper paperwork and permits. In Edwardsville, you have to have a permit to have a warming center, and the church did not file. So now they're being fined 750 bucks a day. And I want you to take a listen to this. This is uh, some of the folks at the church voicing their displeasure. I had assumed, apparently wrongly, that people in this neighborhood would have been happy to help the other people. In and these are people that live here. They're not coming from anywhere else. There are people in the community. So the city of Edwardsville says... I know the wind chill is minus 20 right now, but you don't have the proper paperwork. You're not allowed to run a heating center. Are you okay with that? No, that's wrong. That's 100% wrong. People could die out out in this temperature. And it's not like you're handing out food and stuff, right? Like, if they're making food, I understand permits and got to make sure there's, you know, different things that are done cleanliness and that. But if just to come in and warm up a little bit, I think that's fair game. You should be allowed to do that anywhere. And ultimately, it sounds like this is a case of no good deed goes unpunished, because I'm sure there's a reason why this exists, right? Like, if you just let people come in, warm up, what happens if there's a sexual assault? Right. What happens if somebody gets killed or something like that? I'm sure there's a reason for it. But you do that when it's like 70 and, you know, decent out in the spring or summer. People, they stay outside in this stuff. They're going to die. Yeah. So, I'm with the church on this one. Uh, let's do one more. This one's crazy. Again, Nigel and I were talking about this the other day. 
sometimes I'll go down a rabbit hole on Reddit. It's dangerous. It is, man. Reddit is like the modern day chat house, if you will. They used to call it the front page of the internet. (laughs) Right, right. So there's a guy that's gone viral here because his son asked if one of his classmates in the fourth grade could come over for a sleepover over the weekend. And the guy was like, okay, that's fine. Just have the kid's mom call me, and we're going to line everything up. But the mom called the dad and said that her son could stay the night under one condition, that she also gets to stay the night because she gets too nervous about letting her son sleep away from the house and that she would just feel better if she could stay the night in this guy's house as well, like in a back guest room or something. She said she wasn't comfortable uh, with just letting him go, but if he wants to go over, that's fine. She'll pick him up at 8 p.m. before bedtime. I'd never heard anything like this, Jerry. Where are we at here? So I have kids that do sleepovers, right? I'm right in that wheelhouse. Uh, I just have one follow-up question. I don't know if you can answer it. Are both of these people single parents? Because if they are, <laughs> we got a ball game. It's completely different. Yeah, right. it's completely, I've never heard of this. I would, I would tell their, this person come pick your kid up at eight o'clock p.m. Because that's really weird. Yeah, that's really weird. And also, if you're that uneasy, then maybe your child's not ready for sleepovers, which is fine. Or if there were some sort of medical condition, sure. you know. If he's got debilitating migraines, if he's diabetic, if there's a chance something bad is going to happen, all right, I kind of understand. That's an odd question, though. Let's just say that you know the dad here is married, he's got a wife. The wife is not going for that lady staying the night. Right. What happens if you go to your wife or your woman and say, hey, uh... Some strange woman's going to be sleeping in our house this weekend, but it's cool. Johnny's mom wants to stay the night, too. Right. She's bringing over a bottle of wine, and uh, don't worry about what happens. We need to, we need picture follow-ups. You're listening to that. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Emmer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel show. I'm Jason Hammer. Jerry Lopez, Indy Spanglish, filling in for Big Nige. And let's go to the hotline right now and bring on one half of the Chicks on the Right program, Daisy, joining us. Now, Daisy, you're in Texas. Are you guys getting this crappy cold weather that like we're getting? Yes, we are getting so much. I'm not equipped to deal with this anymore. I've been gone for three years. I don't know if you realize that it's been three years since I have not been able to be in person talking dirty to you, Jason, <laughs> and, it's, and, it, <laughs> and saying inappropriate things in the office to you. But I, but I, it, I'm not equipped to deal with this crap anymore. It's so cold and ridiculous. And yes, it's it is. It's it's ungodly, weirdly cold here in Texas. And we're our cows are freaking out. We're all freaking out. And okay, so that's the thing, like, right? I want to talk about the cows because this may be a dumb guy question, and I should know this living in the Midwest, but here I keep hearing all the news agencies and all these advocates say, if you're cold, they're cold. Bring your animals inside. Do cows get cold? Yeah, they do. 
it's you get cold, but we're not going to bring him inside. Although I, there's a part of me that's like, okay, if it gets super, like really, really cold, I guess we get, because people, a lot of people have barns here. We have a lot of lean-tos on our property, but then I, you know, listen, they're Brahmins. They're pretty hardy. They're meant for warmer weather, though, our particular breed of cow. So if it gets super, super cold, I guess I could ask my husband to bring him into the, the shop. <laughs> I don't think he's going to go for it. <laughs> no, no, that's uh, that's probably a negative there, Ghost Rider. Uh, all right, speaking of the cold, let's talk about Iowa tonight. The Iowa caucus, the 2024 election season, officially underway tonight. And look, there's a lot of storylines, but to me, the weather is the biggest one. We're hearing yeah. wind chills minus 40 approximately in the state of Iowa tonight. Uh, what's that going to do for the turnout tonight? it's going to really hurt Iowans. I mean, Iowans are a hardy bunch. They're bred for snow. They're like Indiana folks, right? They're Hoosiers. They're like Hoosiers. And I think they're going to get out and they're going to vote, Jason. I think this election is too important for people. This one has hit home. It's all about kitchen table issues, the economy, education, border crisis. It affects, that affects everything else. I think people are ticked off about a lot of things. I think people are, are riled up. Um, they're motivated. And honestly, I think Iowans are they're tough people. They're like Hoosiers. They're going to, it's just weather, right? It's cold. But with these politicians, though, whether it's Trump, whether it's Haley, whether it's DeSantis, Vivek, whoever's still in the mix, isn't this kind of a built-in excuse? Because if you don't get the number you want tonight, and again, it doesn't matter if you're the front runner or somebody in the back of the pack, can't you just say, well, the weather was crappy, survive in advance, we're going to New Hampshire now? Yes, you could. Oh, my gosh, that's such a great point. Yes, you can totally blame it on the weather, but they're going to blame it on if if it's not a good night for them, they can blame it on whatever they want to blame it on. But I mean, I am very curious to see how things turn out. Now, obviously, I think that Trump, um, I think Trump has it in the bag. I think just the numbers are, are telling us that Trump, Trump is the guy. Trump's going to be our guy. I, we go back and forth about this on our show, um, but I, I think that he is. He is going to be our man, and that we're probably going to have to get behind him. If he gets over 51% tonight, should others drop out of this race? Um, you know, if, if it were me, I probably would. But I, I wouldn't. You know, people like a Nikki Haley or a, a DeSantis probably won't. A Vivek, a Vivek, he probably will because he's he's polling so low, don't you think? So I would think that maybe he would reconsider what he's doing, perhaps. Right. I um, see Nikki Haley hanging on to at least South Carolina. I think she wants right, to compete right. in her home state. Uh, mm-hmm. DeSantis, you know, he's fundraising for New Hampshire. So even if he gets his doors blown off tonight, I think. Think he's in it for one more, but Vivek is so interesting too. to me. Vivek is the yeah, interesting one. He's a wild card, you know, and like now Trump is sort of turned on Vivek because he somehow doesn't think that he's loyal to him because loyalty is very important to Trump. Um, it's as if he just realized that Vivek is running for president. And that he's like, <laughs> like, dude, he's been running for president the whole time. That's never changed. But True, um, but Vivek's whole campaign for a long time was Donald Trump is awesome. Like, that was yeah. his campaign strategy. And I, right. And I think a lot of people misconstrued that for he's running for vice president. 
And I don't know if that's necessarily what I don't think that's what he was doing. I think he's just been complimentary because he does like Trump. And I think Trump looked at that and said, oh, he's loyal to me. He's been running for president the whole time. Make no mistake. And I think he's going to try to get there no matter how he can. I mean, like this, he's a politician. At, at the end of the day, he's running for political office. And so he's trying to do the whole caucus thing the best way he knows how. And he's trying to smooth people. And that's I mean, he, if you've seen videos of him and, and him trying to schmooze people to, to get on his side, I mean, that's that's what these people do. Make no mistake. That's what they're they're bred to do. They're like they're politicians at the end of the day. And that's what Vivek is essentially trying to do is get people in his corner. So it, I don't think it puts him in Nikki's corner. You know, I don't think he is. Vivek is, is not. I think some people are thinking, oh, well, if he's not with Trump, maybe he's going to be with Nikki. He's not going to be with Nikki. I think he understands that Nikki's being pushed by the establishment. Right. Um, because here's my thinking, that. Daisy. Now, tell me if I've got, you know, the tinfoil hat on or not. All of a sudden, with all this chatter about Nikki Haley possibly being uh, a candidate for Donald Trump's vice president here, all right. of a sudden, out of left field, Donald Trump starts going at and attacking the biggest troll she's had this entire time. Like, DeSantis and Nikki Haley disagree, but I don't think they hate each other. Vivek and Nikki Haley hate each other. So does this kind of give you the indication that Trump is seriously considering Nikki Haley to be his VP? Oh, my gosh. I just don't know. I think that would be so bizarre. Don't you think that'd be weird? Although, because I look at it this way, I think Nikki, at first, you know, I was, because I've always liked Nikki Haley. I really have. But like going through this process, it's been very eye-opening to me because I've, I've looked at this and I thought, okay, she is definitely the establishment candidate. The Democrats like her. The liberal media likes her. And right. when the liberal media likes you, um, when they take an actual liking to you, that's a red flag, no pun intended. Totally. <laughs> totally. To some of us, yeah, to some of us on the right, that is a huge red flag. And so um, Vivek has some points when he starts, you know, spewing all of these, I don't want to say like conspiracy theories, but when he starts talking about his theories about, you know, the deep state and the establishment and who's getting chosen for who and who's going to, how this is all going to line up and how they're trying to knock Trump out. And we know that they're trying to knock Trump out. But then when he starts talking about establishment candidates and who the establishment's trying to put up, I mean, I, he does have a point, I think. That there's a valid point that the establishment is trying to put her up. Now, do I think that Trump will make her the VP candidate because maybe that will somehow bring establishment in with him? And so he's like anti-establishment and the establishment will come with him. And so that would like bring everybody together. I don't know. That's a that's a viable um, I, maybe that's something. But for me, I always thought going into this, I thought he should pick somebody like a Christy Noam for a VP candidate because right. I think she would be awesome in that position. And I think that that would be a winning ticket. So over and the weekend, you had Roger Stone, who, again, say what you want about Roger Stone. He's a bit out there, but he's somebody that does have access to Donald Trump, has access to his ear. He says he wants to see a Donald Trump Tulsi Gabbard ticket, but he wants Tulsi to commit to being a Republican. Does that do anything for you? I mean, it does, because I think she would she would pull a lot of those independent. I don't even know who those people are, Jason. Like, who the hell is an independent right now? But I but they exist. Right. Those people who are sort of, I guess, call themselves moderate people who are riding the fence 
but she, Tulsi Gabbard would pull a lot of those folks in. And so I, it is, a, that would be a smart move. We talked about that too on our show where it's like, if it's not Christy Noam, but Tulsi Gabbard would be great. I think a woman on our side, or at least who leans on our side would be a fantastic um, pick. And I, I, and I, I would be afraid. I don't know if afraid is the word, but I would not, I would want him to lean away from somebody like a Carrie Lake because Carrie Lake is too much like him. Right. It'd right. be, be too much Trump. She's like a Trump as a woman. And that's too much Trump. <laughs> um, he, he, needs somebody, he needs somebody softer, you know? And if you remember, if it is indeed Tulsi Gabbard, and again, let's just, you know, hypothetically, just play along with me here. If right, it I'll is indeed Tulsi Gabbard, how amazing is that vice presidential debate going to be to where Tulsi and Kamala have to sit down again? Because if you remember the first time around during yeah. the uh, Democrat primary, Tulsi ended Kamala Harris's dreams of being the president, basically oh took her underpants off on stage and smacked her bare ass in front of America. <laughs> spanked her. She totally spanked her. But seriously, like who who wouldn't kick Kamala's butt in a debate at this point? My 13-year-old, my, my, my great Dane would kick her butt in a debate. Your cold-ass cows outside could probably <laughs> beat Kamala Harris. <laughs> Yes, totally. Uh, what are you ladies working on uh, with the chicks on the right? Oh, my gosh, everything. We're talking about everything. We're talking about the Palestinian protests. We're talking about Israel. We're talking about Biden and his gas every single day. We're doing all the things. Everybody can check us out at chicksontheright.com slash links for all the places, Jason. Daisy, stay warm, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again here in a couple weeks. Thank you. You too. Talk to you later. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Again, as we said earlier, it's not so much the heat, Jerry, it's the humidity. That's the thing you have to worry about in this type of weather. Unbelievable. Like, I've lived in Indy pretty much my whole life. But still, when it gets to be this damn ridiculous weather-wise, I'm still allowed to complain, aren't I? Oh, 100%. So the big, <laughs> the biggest regret I had today is carrying a big gulp in my hand from the gas st- or from the parking lot to the studio. Oh man! Like a 40-second walk, my hand was freezing. <laughs> uh, we'll have more on the weather coming up in just a little bit. Uh, it's the Hammer and Nigel show. Jerry Lopez, Indy Spanglish on social media, filling in for Big Nige. It is. Is a Martin Luther King Jr. Day. This is a national federal holiday. And to pay tribute, we're going to do great moments in MLK pop culture history. Okay? Here is comedian Chris Rock. You know what's so sad, man? You know what's wild? Martin Luther King stood for nonviolence. Now what's Martin Luther King? A street. And I don't give a will you in America. If you're on Martin Luther King Boulevard, there's some violence going down. One of the greatest stand-up shows of all time. The Chris Rock uh, stand-up with the big CR that looks like the Colorado Rockies behind him. I think it was the Bring the Pain special on HBO. One of the great ones of all time. Uh, How about our president of the United States, Joe Biden? This is when he was pandering to a uh, black church a couple years ago. And MLK's grandson was there and his wife, whose name is Andrea. And I can't stress that enough. Her name is Andrea. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy 
Happy birthday, dear Valley. Happy birthday to you. Did I uh, did I did I catch a velvet somewhere Happy in there? Happy birthday Let me hear it again. to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Valley. Well, Happy birthday <laughs> to you. I mean, if you're going to go out of the way to talk about the wife of uh, MLK's grandson, you got to get the name right. I mean, also, if we're singing him a birthday, it's the most important part of the song. Who are we singing to? <laughs> right. And last but certainly not least, great moments in Martin Luther King pop culture history, the barbershop scene in Coming to America. I met Dr. Martin Luther King once. And you lying. You ain't never met Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah, I met Dr. Martin Luther King in 1962 in Memphis, Tennessee. I woke now, Steve, out of my own business, just walking off, feeling good. I walk around the corner, man woke up, hit me in my chest, right? I fall on the ground, right? And I look up at Dr. Martin Luther King. I said, Dr. King. He said, oops, I thought you were somebody else. Oh, man, you lying. You ain't never met Martin Luther King. Knocked the wind out of me. Yes, he did. No, it didn't. Yes, he did. No, he did not. Great moments in Martin Luther King pop culture history. And Jerry, back me up here. Kids today that just see Eddie Murphy doing family movies, they have no idea. Hey, listen, most of these kids would cry if they saw, like, <laughs> you know, Delirious or Eddie Murphy Raw or something like that. Oh, they have no idea. 